I love Greg. Uh, who what? I love Greg. Greg who? Greg oh, Greg or Ian Chant, yeah. Very good. Well, I don't mind whether Greg or Ian Chant. I mean, they're both good. <laughs> she was only 16 years old. That was a bet, but we leave at 9.30. All right, everybody, welcome in. We're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod. It's been about three months, but I'm Matt Hayes. I'm joined with Bob Panalone. You're, of course, listening to the... Bob Panalone, it's been a while since we had a good analysis call. It feels like home, Hayes. <laughs> welcome home. I am welcome finally... Welcome home. Welcome home. Soto Sopa. I feel like I'm in Soto Sopa. <laughs> I, I'm tired of hosting. I'm glad that you're here. You th- yeah. Controlling the sticks again. You've been on a journey. You've been to the mountains of Wyoming... And back. Everywhere except <laughs> Wyoming. Okay. Essentially. <laughs> uh, yeah, Idaho I went through, Utah. No, uh, yeah, it's good to... Uh, thank you for having me on your show, Bob. Yeah, it's, I know, uh, shit. It, I, it's a pleasure to be welcome. Put this damn um, thing on my back for COVID-19 <laughs> while you have been off finding yeah, love in a uh, hopeless place. Love in a hopeless place. That's, yeah, where we go. Went up, to, went up to Idaho, got myself a little girl. Drove her back down through Utah and uh, getting out to Seattle on the overnight train. Yeah, you're a real Jack Kerouac. <laughs> yeah, just just on the road. Yeah. Um, today we're going to be diving into uh, one of my favorite movie series. I'm I'm so jazzed that you kind of watched all of them. Now, you so this is the Trip series with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Speaking the, of the, trips, these, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. There we go. Uh, tie it in. So these are uh, a series. They they air on British TV in six episodes. They then come together into movies, um, and they've done four. There's the trip where they go through the Lakes District in England. Then they do the trip to Italy, uh, Spain, and then Greece just came out. That's kind of what um, inspired us to kind of put this episode together. Uh, and I, I'm so happy to to hear your thoughts. Now I I don't recommend this, but Bob watched all four back to back. You, you kind of got to give these because they're, they're pretty much the same movie. So <laughs> you, Don't you, steal you my notes. at least a few months. I mean, uh, they come out three years. So the, the first one was in 2010. This last one just came out a few months ago. Um, you kind of want to give it a year between viewings to really like, oh, yeah, I forgot about all these bits. Um, but but let, let me get your just just off the cuff. What was your experience with these? So wait a second, Hayes. You're telling me that a movie with two English dudes doing impressions of old James Bond characters, <laughs> eating snobby food in European countries, that you're into this? I know it's it's quite a shocker. Um, it it's 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 my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right that uh, not necessarily a bingey series, but. No. These these movies are very interesting, and it's this juxtapose of highbrow and lowbrow, and it's really this this interesting experiment where it's this these really funny and and impressively impressively accurate impressions mixed with food porn, almost Food Network type. Yeah. Top chef type deal, uh, food coming out, uh, with, but also cut with these intense discussions on 
career and culture and politics aging and life yeah and and almost these and normally they they wrap up with these melancholy moments uh mm-hmm. of drama and that's why i kind of say this this duality of of wacky comedy with this melancholy it, it makes for really interesting movies and interesting watches and and you're right i guess my first impression is it, it's always really interesting these characters it's this one-upmanship and it's this competitiveness and and i love moments where steve coogan is is inviting rob bryden on on a trip and he'll be like okay well i'll have my people call well you well you i guess <laughs> and there's the always... constant one-upmanship the uh, let's go on a race oh my shoulder uh let's swim out to here i bet i could do it oh no no you can't um, the, uh, even when they're singing in the car and like, who can hit the most octaves? Yeah. Like whose impression constant... is more accurate? Uh, yeah. and it, it, and it, it, it's always the, this undercurrent of tension between them, but also a very loving friendship and, yeah. and two guys and, and sound the siren every time we mention our career, but you know, two guys that, that have acted or, uh, have been in the arts, you, you definitely relate to, some of the, sometimes that competitiveness just within within your own um, within your own career or your your own art sometimes it, it definitely is something that exists but you also very much love and support your friend but you also have that competitiveness oh, yeah. sometimes I I found that those parts relatable and, and uh, overall yes you're right it does get repetitive um, especially towards the end I, I could pretty much do without any cutaway to the kitchen. Uh, the food stuff starts to get a little, or just if he calls his agent and he doesn't get a part, or things like that. Like, yeah, it gets that stuff to be filler. Um, and then also just some of the impressions. Like once we've seen you do Mick Jagger three or four times uh, throughout the yeah. series, I'm kind of all set with the Mick Jagger bits. But also they know what works, right? And people people are coming for the for the uh, Michael Caine, you know. So it's like you gotta get Michael Caine. Do do your Michael Caine. Well, uh, I've done it now, so hopefully that'll be enough. Well, what's funny is that so you get Michael Caine in the first two movies. It's definitely it's it's uh, the England and then Italy, and then we get Spain where Mick Jagger comes in. Uh, in Greece, they definitely use him, and then uh, Italy we see well Anthony Hopkins, and so so he's referenced in all three Anthony because Hopkins of clear, because yeah. they're yeah yeah. Uh, not uh, uh, Michael's if not 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 yeah. Captain or Sir. <laughs> We're selling hot. We're selling hot. I so really they like use the that John Hurt one. I was really impressed. Oh, God. The trip to Spain, Steve Coogan's John Hurt is really good. Yeah, everyone... All right, to be fair, Steve does have the better impression. For sure. Rob Rob Brydon is known for his impressions because he goes on these British talk shows. It's like... like They're called panel shows on England. And it's just like this uh, Jamie Oliver... Or not Jamie Oliver, but uh, that comedian. He'll he'll just host a panel, and it'll be like a, a fake kind of... Um, game show but it's essentially just a bunch of comedians goofing off and so that's his thing that's his niche so it's very it's very um kind of narrow laned and then so steve is you know he he has grandiose plans of being this oscar award-winning writer now but you know a a seven-time bafta winning actor. yeah he's always mentioning his baftas (laughs) i love the philomena bit in in spain where it's like oh it's been nine minutes since philomena's come up but i'm glad and we welcome philomena back Um, one of my favorite Rob Brydon bits, though, is when he does the uh, the British BBC talk show host. Uh, where like, uh, um, 
Oh, God. Uh, uh, Michael Bublé coming up next on the program. But we're, we're right now we're talking to Steve Coogan. Steve, now now you mentioned that the thing you're most proud of is uh, your seven BAFTAs. Uh, uh, not your children. Not your children. <laughs> I have not mentioned your children. <laughs> Where do you stand on uh, Michael Bublé? Well, his windpipe. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, I. Some of my favorite moments are when uh, Rob gets Steve to break. I mean, so what's so great about this is that uh, yeah, you talked about the melancholy, the uh, the the discussion of career and 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 aging and being a man, and also the food porn aspect, and also the Anthony Bourdain travel dialogue. But then we get into like improv improvisational, uh, just dialogue in, live in restaurants, and I, I find that stuff so amazing that they can just go back and forth like that. They play off each other so well, and then when you see them break, like you know, because Steve's playing this like, oh, super serious version of himself, and when Rob gets him to break, it's so fun. Like in, in Greece, is I, I remember uh, at the top of the movie. Uh, Steve's like, yeah, you know, the other day I, um, I grabbed a book. I went out to the tree in my yard. Uh, I have seven acres, by the way. And, yeah, uh, and then, and then there's, there's flies and I have to go back inside. <laughs> oh, lovely anecdote from Steve Coogan. Oh, tell the story about the flies again, Steve. <laughs> oh, just, just fantastic stuff there from Steve Coogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and it's also really interesting that you're saying that because they're constantly talking, especially Steve Coogan about comedy versus drama and wanting to mm -hmm. be respected and, and, and be thought of beyond just that, I think they call it light comedy or that they, they constantly call it light or that the, the light entertainer or something. Um, and, and I think the movie also plays with that in its tone too, where the movie tries to take these turns into drama or they want to be viewed beyond just just a, a comedy, right? And so the movie, the, the characters are talking, but the movie is almost a meta version of what the characters are discussing. Yeah, it, they, they are very layered kind of subtly. It's kind of like a sneaky... Um, I, I mean, anyone that's a fan of Ricky Gervais, yeah. mean, like the stuff he's doing, it, it always balances comedy with like something to say. Uh, even the early offices, and especially now with like... Uh, oh, uh reason to live or whatever that show's called um or um forget but uh, it's on netflix um but yeah um because and, and then what steve always has these um cold sweat nightmarish dreams where yeah. he's he's these like fever dreams yeah he had these fever dreams where it's you know italy was like very godfather and he was subservient to like uh a rob Brydon's godfather uh character and like and then in the Spain one, he's like the Spanish Inquisition, and he's always like, kind of like subservient in the dreams, and and his career's go, not going well, and he always wakes up, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which I mean, I don't know, it, it kind of, I don't know how you feel about those because they sometimes they're really beautifully shot, and other times they can kind of be distracting from like we've had a nice flow of some good bits, and yeah, I just think that. W as this series goes, that that's true where some of them work really well and some of them don't the same way that the dialogue with movie characters work or sometimes they don't. Like with Grease, right. when they're doing all the Dustin Hoffman bits, it doesn't work. It's not funny. It's not it's not clever. But there's other times well, when... Well, also because we've seen... Well, not yet. Yeah, his Dustin Hoffman kind of sucks. But like even the De Niro, well, we've seen that exact quote uh, even, and the Anthony Hopkins, uh, the exact quote in Italy, 
So, I mean, I guess my point about the series is it's, it's the law of diminishing returns. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any other way to rank them except from one to four. Did you have a no. other I did, experience? I liked some of the dialogue, and maybe it's because it's the one that I've watched most recently, but I really liked the conversations that they were having in Greece, especially the moment where they were talking about that everything is a variation of something that the Greeks did 3,000 years ago. And they're almost reflecting on this movie series in a way where they're saying, mm-hmm. well, nothing can ever be originally done, right? Everything, whether it's art or comedy or poetry, like everything is a, is a descendant of something else. So nothing's ever truly original anymore. So in that, these movies are always going to be a variation of that original concept that we had. And... I really liked that conversation. It really made me sit and kind of simmer in that in in that thought for a while, and 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 how true that is. Just everything kind of stemming from the poetics, right? And then yeah, I also really well, like. What's great about Greece yeah. is that it's is they're following Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, and it's like you know we've been doing this for ten years. It's kind of our Odyssey. Yeah, and I I do kind of like how that one marries the best because all right so in the films they kind of follow the journeys of um british romantics in uh in in england with wadsworth and coleridge uh, who lived in the lace district and then italy you have um uh, shelby uh shelley and uh, lord byron who were kind of these bon vivants uh englishmen kind of just traveling through italy and just uh you know, causing havoc. Spain is probably the least uh, impactful because it's just Don Quixote, and it doesn't really relate to them so much. I mean, yes, you got uh, Sancho Panza the donkey, Rob Brydon, and then Don Quixote is, is your Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. But then in, yeah, with Greece, with Homer's Odyssey, it kind of really hits home. Um, so I, I always kind of like how they kind of, they're able to uh, frame the trip. Um which gets less and less important how they get them there as you go through the series. Like, yeah, okay, a series for the Observer, we're going to do restaurant reviews, whatever. I mean, you know, after the first one, you can kind of just forget about that stuff. But the fact that they're able to kind of frame it with these higher themes has kind of been really interesting. And absolutely, and it's also really interesting that the the actual reviews of the food are generally brief or hardly talked about at all so it's this right, weird right. it's kind of this snobby thing where they're they're in this fancy restaurant and it's it, it's obviously very highbrow but when they eat the food it's like oh good yeah that's incredible delicious and then and then they're back to anthony hopkins you know yeah. or or they spend turn, so little time on yeah the they food. spend so it. little time on the food which is perfect for me because i want all and, and and so the food heads that are coming here for the food are like oh they're not going to talk about the scallops but i'm like yeah give me the james bond bit i rotate well, yeah. the scallops twice in my country we rotate the scallop back to the <laughs> right in in my country the host has the first scallop <laughs> come come mr bond come, come, <laughs> the mr. guest bond. always eats the first scallop yeah, so that is Man with a Golden Gun, Roger Moore, not a typically revered Bond film, but by far the one they quote the most, especially the one dinner scene, where I think it's featured in all four yeah, films. Yeah, they talk about it. Well, because it's a dinner scene, so it plays... Yeah, and they're always having dinner. The one, the one that, the, a bit that goes on way too long is the Moors. 
In Spain, oh, yeah, okay, the, uh, well, the 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 Moors or the Arabs that come from Tangier into Spain through you know uh, the the port of whatever they're in. But all the uh, while, yes, Bryden's doing a Roger Moore referencing yeah. the actual. Yeah, anyway. And Steve is trying to like impart knowledge, which is such a funny thing that he does as well. I I love um, one of my favorite bits in uh, the original trip where he's he kind of gets off on his own. He goes on this ramble and he meets an older version of him up on this uh well of course you know that this this sto- soil began in uh, bermuda um and yeah of course yeah yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. diatomaceous earth yeah, yeah yeah well then of course you realize that yeah when uh, the ice age and then uh, yeah 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 you know i and then of course yeah <laughs> so he's getting a taste of his own medicine yeah he's I, getting his own I, I love yeah that. it's get hoisted by his own pertad as my oh, friend matt hayes yeah. used to tell me it's a great one but the, i think spain if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about kind of our favorite moments in each of these i did like spain it was the most kind of touristy I felt out of all of them. Maybe Greece comes a close second, but Bryden definitely is is talking like he he almost plays tour guide a little bit with his little uh, pamphlets, and he says, "Oh, this is this mm-hmm. thing, and it was it was it was made this, and this is why it's significant." And so you get to go on a little bit of a virtual tour of some of those catacombs or different things that they're seeing, which I because I, I've never been to Europe, so this. These movies definitely, and we've talked about Call Me By Your Name, some other movies that really make you want to go to a place. These movies definitely right. serve that purpose as well. No so. f- no film makes me want to go to a place more so than these films because they give you an itinerary that you can kind of follow. They, they, they travel from north to south through a country. Um, or, in, you know, in the case of England, they, they go from south to north. But uh, So the, the what they do in the trip, me and my dad sort of recreated um when i went over there with them and we we stayed at the whole but guile where, where they're at and uh we, we we didn't go to like the michelin star restaurants like la clume where they're at but uh so i and then italy i so the first one is the funniest i think it's Absolutely. the best the, the when gentleman- it gets loudly it gets very loudly indeed and, and, now my name is michael Kane. don't do the broken voice don't it's do real emotional it's emotion. it real emotional indeed uh, we we see the Michael Caine for the first time, and then and then we get the uh, the costume drama, gentleman oh, to bed. So good, gentleman to bed. For we leave at first light. You know they never say gentleman to bed. For we leave at nine thirty. So if you guys haven't seen any of these movies, they they set up scenarios and scenes, and 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 they're it's it's observational humor, but they're talking about these. Yeah, these these costume drummers are these are these knights, and and they're about to go on a raid, and and they 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 set up that nine thirty bit. It's so funny. I honestly think that's as funny as the Michael Caine, the nine thirty. Yeah, bit. that's my favorite bit. I, I do that all the time too. Now that I, whenever I go on vacation. All right. Well, um, we better make a move. I want to leave at eight thirty for nine. Eight <laughs> thirty for nine. <laughs> Which is such a funny British thing. People, it's, it's such a British thing. People say British people say where it's like, well. We'll leave at eight thirty, but we'll probably leave at nine. So we'll leave at eight thirty for nine. Uh, so like you're putting your bags in the in the car, but you won't actually hit the road. Yeah, until we'll nine. actually be out at nine. Yeah. All right. Well, we we'll leave at nine o'clock, but on the dot, on the dot. <laughs> but a bunch of uh, but a I bunch of knights about to do a raid talking about leaving at yeah. eight thirty for nine is <laughs> such a great bit. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I've ate a wheel of cheese, so we'll probably be nine nine thirty. Gentlemen to bed. Ooh, yes, gentlemen to bed. Sleep well, my brother. Sleep well, my sister. But please do not sleep with my sister. <laughs> Leave my sister alone. Oh, so great. 
Gentleman of Bed bit is probably the best bit of the series. Um, so, so, so we have one there. It's, it's probably the funniest. It's the freshest. Uh, it's the one people are probably gonna like the most. And then Italy, I think, is the prettiest. It, it's the one where I would most like to do what they've done. Um, you start in Piedmont. The wine is great. You go all the way through Rome. You see Florence. They don't quite make it to Sicily and get to their Godfather shtick, but uh, but uh, they spend a lot of time in. Um, the Amalfi Coast, that 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 boat they go on to the cove, uh, and then Rob Brydon kind of shines in that one because we we get to see kind of he cheats on his wife. Yeah, he's kind of the one getting on laid. It's almost yeah. like grumpy old men and grumpier old men. Where in yeah. the first one, Coogan gets the lady and Brydon's kind of the 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 nerdy guy, and then the second one, Brydon gets the lady and he's cheating on his wife and he's the one going through the melancholy, and that. I, I don't know. That's what I thought of, at least. Was, was a weird place. For that sure. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like Grumpy Old Men. It's his turn now. They're great companion pieces. Uh, I, I just love being in the world that they're in. And the fact that they're location-specific, is that's how they've kind of been able to refresh um, and do four of them. But I think if you're... I think you'd only really need to watch the first two. Um, if, if I were to make a case for... Spain. I mean, right, so we get the great John Hurt impression, like you said. Uh, King of all he's obeyed! Yeah. Uh, Steve Coogan doing that was good. Um, I, and some of the locales are cool. It's actually a great itinerary to go from, like, Andalusia in the north and kind of go straight through the center to the south um, and, and kind of follow the... Um, I have the book here. Oh, I Walked Out One Day or something mm-hmm. um, by Lori Lee that Steve Coogan's kind of... He read the book when he was young. He's trying to follow that. Um, that's kind of, it's, it's a cool I, trip to sort of recreate. As far as the films go, I, I think the re- redeeming factor for me, we've talked about Greece a little bit, but I love the Gregorian chant bit where they're, it's kind of later on in the film and you're kind of getting some fatigue, but when they go into the caves and they're like, ooh, the, the acoustics here are great. You do a great Gregorian chant. What? I don't care if it's Greg Ori in the chant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, yeah. But I, I think Greek, Greece had a really good conversation and dialogue they like they definitely know what works and yeah and i i really thought most about the dialogue in greece i feel outside of that first movie i well steve's also dealing with the deaths of his father so he becomes very morose and, and quiet so rob has to do a lot of the heavy lifting in that film which which works so I, I think honestly if i were to rank them i might put greece ahead of spain um would do you agree with that at all? Or do you... Yeah, actually, I would. I, I think that's that's where I would think too. I, and I, again, it's it's arbitrary, and it might just be yeah, prisoner whatever. of the moment. But I there's a moment in Spain that I really like. It's at the very end because it has a false ending, basically. But he's he's yeah, looking he gets kidnapped. Well, he gets kidnapped. But I, I think we could have done without the last fifteen minutes there of him trying to get that girl to come to to meet up with him. Right. And kidnapping. Worst character in the series, this girlfriend. Yeah, the photographer. But I think what I did like was him looking out at that yacht and and talking about how fitting it is to say goodbye in the mist. And it's the the, the way the music is playing and yeah. they're well okay and, and and it's a it's a really nice transition and, and they're kind of sending off and and he's he's alluding to Casablanca. And this is the beginning of a very good friendship, and it's right. a really, I, I, it's a, I think it's just a really fitting end to to Spain, and and I also just like the allegory there. And then they do like fifteen minutes of bullshit to 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 set up the next movie, and I don't know, I, I would have liked to just kind of leave in the mist there. 
Yeah, that would have been a bad... Because then we see... Because he, he travels uh, solo, Steve does, to do some writing up in the hills in Morocco. Uh, and that's where he gets kind of... His his car runs out of gas and he's kidnapped. And I'm, I'm sure they're trying to create some allegory there with... Um, with Don Quixote or something. Oh like shit! That. Is that it's what kinda... they're... I didn't know enough about that to really grasp yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think that might have been lost on on me as well. But um, I mean, I, I think some of the things that don't work with the series we've kind of touched on. Like I, I'm not talking about his photographer that he always hooks up with. I'm talking about like his girlfriend. Oh okay. The American girl. He's like, oh, I love you. Yeah, come come over. You know, these are the restaurants you wanted to go to. I'm stuck with Rob. Okay. Um, yeah. She's she's dumb. Uh, his his agent Matt, I found so annoying. Kid sucks. Even his son is a little like next. It just I I'm not as interested in the yeah. kid after the first one. Right. No, I agree. And then how do you feel about the? Um, did you like this or do you feel like it kind of when his assistant brings the photographer in all four films? It's about two two thirds of the way in. The assistant comes, so they have a little foursome dynamic for a minute. It kind of breaks up just the one-on-one. It gives them an audience, which I like. Yeah. I think it's fun when they're playing off each other, but it's also fun when they are collaborating for an audience. Yes, because then they're on the same page, and they're less kind of combative, and they're kind of... They're they're in the scene a bit more. They're yes-anding each other, you know? I think it's clever, honestly. Yeah uh the the whole thing about like every single time he hooks up with the photographer we don't even really mention that in the third and fourth film it just she just wakes up in his bed um eventually and then um i I do like kind of the photo shoots they get in there where um you know tragedy and comedy for greece the sancho panza outfit in uh, spain uh italy I'm, i'm blanking on oh um i don't even remember what the the photography was but, again, uh, again with the tragedy and comedy though, that's what the movie's trying to do is give you both, right? Right. And so they're always they're always playing with that, which I I've appreciated. So do you have any? So we we talked about Michael Caine. I also really like when they do the back to the impressions to to run this all the way back to the top. But I like when they're doing the impressions. The they they're doing the impression while having a conversation on how to do the impression, if that makes sense. Yes. So they're doing it's a like, Michael Caine, but they're like he gets loudly, and, and but their their voice is getting loudly when they get loudly, right. or they're like I'm not bloody finish. What in, in the Batman movies with the the Scotch and the, and the cigars? He talks very much like that. I'm not bloody finished. <laughs> I'm not bloody finished. But yeah, but they're using the how Michael Caine would say he's not done doing an impression. Yeah. And and they always do that, whether it's Brando or whether it's it's Jagger. But do do you have any favorite ones besides Michael Caine that you liked? Um. Actually, yeah. Um. Oh, I'm gonna blank on his name too, but uh, that that British Cockney guy, he's in The Departed. Um, I lo- Steve does a great because he he does it for an extended period in Greece. And he's like, because um, it's him playing like Henry VIII, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bring, yeah. bring, bring. Um, Statham? You know is the it part- Jason Statham or no? Uh, no, I, I'll I, look I, it up I know second. who you're talking about. Because in Departed, he he has the famous line where it's like, now that's not a guy you can't hit. But it's not a guy you can hit. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> and then so, so it's, it's him in Greece uh, doing like a Henry VIII. It's so funny because it's like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Bring, bring, uh, 
Bring uh, Mary Magdalene over here. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got a nice boner. Oh, yes, sire. Yes, sire. Oh, fantastic boner, sire. Yeah, yeah, she looks all right, too. Yeah, might chop her head off later. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yo, you always are a big fan of, of the, the less-traveled impressions. I know you've always talked about Bill Hader's uh, impression of Alan Alda. But, yeah, just the, the people that no one does impressions <laughs> of. You're always... That's, those the that's what I like. Well, that's what that's what's so funny about the Alan Holder because no one has that. Yeah. I find it so funny. Yeah, I liked the Brando one, uh, and then the James Bonds are always funny when they're working. Uh, the James. James, the James Bond is probably yeah, because the, their Roger Moore is so good. Um, I'll have a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Yeah, uh, come, come, Mister Bond, you enjoy killing as much as I do. I admit, killing you would be a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Overall, though, fun watches. It, they're pretty straightforward movies, but it, you, you can get a little nuance in there. And and it's I honestly think if you're looking at series, that they're really not really making movie series anymore. I, I my right. favorite movie series is the before series, the Linklater yeah. ones with Julie Depley and Ethan Hawke. But I think uh, this is kind of a, a nice. It's it's less than that, but it, it it's it's one of the better series that's being made right now. That's not superhero, so agreed. Yeah, which is can be so refreshing. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's a, it's not a original IP, and it's it's something you can kind of you know throw down. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend watching them back to back. Not for the sake of this podcast, a, I did it, but yeah, there yeah. you go. I'll listen to my Alanis Morissette and reflect on all the hope that I had in the 90s. <laughs> uh, Ray Winston is the name. Ah, Ray Winston. Thank you. People yeah. are, are fans shouting at the radio right now. <laughs> yeah, it's Ray Winston, famous Cockney actor. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I'm glad you watched it, Bob. And uh, it's good to be back on uh, uh, the Bob Panalone podcast. Yeah, it's so good to have you back on your own podcast. <laughs> Um, well, cool. Um, so this is kind of a one-off, and we'll, we'll get together. We'll do, like, a give it a stream. I, I know you just took down Hamilton, which is fucking brilliant. Uh, everyone should be watching that. Get Disney Plus if you don't have it. Um, it's such a thrill. I mean, I mean, you, you went into it at length, but such a thrill to watch the original cast. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite things I've seen lately. I got a couple questions to ask you, definitely. And I have one last question to ask you that they ask in the trip movies. I know we're wrapping up here, but... If you had to have somebody play you in the movie of you, who would it be? I'd play myself. Oh, you would play yourself? (laughs) Or would it be Jude Law? (laughs) What? What, Jude Law? I mean, he's he's, he's ten years older than me. He's he's, he's got that young, yeah, he's got that young, bold look. A young, bold look. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Cool. Cool. Yeah, all right. Well, let's play out with some Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Perfect. Perfect. Talk to you soon, Hazard. Bye. Bye. What would you say you're most proud of? Uh, my seven BAFTAs. Mm. For me, it'd be my children. Yeah, well, because I haven't got any BAFTAs. Though you have got children, which is interesting. Mm.